The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. In prison, I found Brothers for the Journey and Fathers and Mothers for a Lifetime. And so it was volunteers, men and women looked like you, mm -hmm. who came to see some young black kid from the streets and um, what I heard was love. Restorative justice through the transforming love of Jesus. When that man or woman goes home to that neighborhood and brings the message of the gospel instead of the message of drug abuse, change happens in their Jerusalem. Next on Life Today. pleasure for you to join with us and I'm Betty and this is James and we have some wonderful guests. Yeah, you know, Chuck Colson is a miracle story. Uh, he's one of the great real Watergate miracles. It's the kind of miracle that just needs to be multiplied in Washington many times over. <laughs> where the people that are kind of entrenched in the system really see the light. Not because they think it will get them some attention or votes but because they need wisdom that comes from above and a very brilliant man, highly educated, very articulate communicator was, he just had a head on collision with the light, Jesus, that's Chuck Colson. And after being in prison, he saw prison differently and when he was set free in his spirit, he really wanted to help the prisoners. One of our guests uh, was, was gonna really tell you what they wanna see related to prisoners that God wants and you should want it. Jim Liskey has, uh, taking over the, the leadership of Prison Fellowship. Uh, he's got a, a prisoner here, uh, a Mr. Marshall named uh, Covadas. And uh, he's a radiant person that probably in so many ways could have been a life wasted. But he's also an example of lives that seem hopeless and a revelation of the fact they don't need to be and shouldn't be. I want you to welcome now the head of Prison Fellowship Jim Liskey and Quivatas. Would you welcome to life today? Good to have you. Thank you, James. Thank you, Betty. Okay, I want you to I want you to cover essential ground. And you can take it any direction you want to, but I don't believe I think we got a lot of people in prison that are incarcerated with an uh, imbalance in the justice, the criminal justice system, even a uh, racial divide that needs to be corrected. So just let me ask you, do you believe we need to make some major, necessary, meaningful adjustments in the criminal justice system? Yes, we do. We, uh, today, James and Betty, we incarcerate people that we're mad at rather than people who are actually criminals. When Chuck uh, went, uh, as he would say, from uh, the White House to the Big House, <laughs> there were 230,000 individuals in prison in America. Today, there are 2.3 million. 10-time multiplication. The Pew Foundation would tell us there are 2.7 million children in America with an incarcerated parent. The UN says that the greatest threat to American children is actually incarceration in America. Mm. We've been asking the wrong question in America now for 40 years. We've been asking, how do we get bad people out of our neighborhood? When we ask that question, it predetermines our actions. We look at some people as if they're bad. We may actually look at some people from some socioeconomic situations and declare them bad. And then when they leave our neighborhoods, it's out of sight, out of mind. I would suggest that we need to ask a different question. 
And it's the question of the gospel. It's the question of the church. How do we bring good people home? Mm-hmm. How do we understand that of that 2.3 million people behind the bars in America, the cure for cancer could be there. Mm. Certainly the cure to what's happening in our urban cores is there because we know that an individual who's been breaking the law in a neighborhood, if they come to Jesus and find redemption, they experience the Romans 8:28 story in their life. God takes all of those things and turns it to the good. When that man or woman goes home to that neighborhood and brings the message of the gospel instead of the message of drug abuse, change happens in their Jerusalem mm-hmm. or in a prison when we understand that every inmate in a prison in America is created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. We talk about human dignity. We talk about the sanctity of human life. Well, it doesn't stop at birth. Mm-mm. And every individual behind the walls of America's prisons today is an individual Jesus died for. Yep. So what would happen if the 700,000 individuals that come back to our communities every year in America, 700,000 individuals from the, mm-hmm. from the prisons will come home and stand in the line at Walmart with us? Mm-hmm. What would happen if they came home knowing Jesus, knowing their purpose, having been trained in prison and came home to change their neighborhoods empowered by a church that was receiving them. Mm -hmm. And we actually fulfilled the instruction of Jesus to remember the prisoner, to visit the prisoner. Some of the greatest leaders I know I've met in prison. Individuals with unbelievable business minds are there in prison. Uh, Easter weekend this year, my wife and I, Kathy, were in prison in Texas, in the prison where all of the pregnant women go when they're sentenced. So we're there with pregnant young moms. We're there in this medical facility where women have had mastectomies, where they're going through chemotherapy. In the midst of that, there's a church. There's women within the walls who've come to Christ. There's joy, there's hope. And we talked about Easter being just like the day when those women and men in prison leave the gates of a prison. It's like the tomb being opened up and they walk out to new life when they found Jesus and there's a church to receive them. And you know what's really disturbing me as you're talking about this and the fact that it should happen, it's not happening, is that we are absolutely, with that phrase, is not even in the Constitution, not in the Declaration, it's not any way a part of the American way of life. Separation of church and state to mean keep God out of anything in national life, social life, public life, in the culture, put it under the covering, a steeple in the building, shut up, stay out. And the fact that the church has allowed themselves as witnesses to allow the gates of hell to incarcerate all of us and keep our witness from going forth to the very people who need it most. We need to have that in the church. Now we don't even want it in the military where God has given these people direction and miraculous protection throughout history. They don't want it in the schools. They don't want it anywhere in the public bar. They surely don't want it now in Washington. I believe a lot of people like to carve all the biblical quotes and quotations and scriptures out of the stone that's written all over our capital and the buildings in Washington. The church has got to stop this and say, we're going to be witnesses and all hell's not going to stop us and Uncle Sam or some federal agency is not going to stop us. We've got to get to that point. There's a resolve here I'm hearing. You know we need to get in. Now, here's a guy. That, did, you, did you have some incarceration issues about us in your life? I, I did. I, I think, James, uh, if there's one pivot in my life, it's probably been prison. Uh, my father was in prison. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, I followed. Um, unfortunately, the stats say that 70% of all inmates have children. 
And of those children, 70% of them will end up in incarceration. So sad. Uh, but, but again, but the gospel tells us God doesn't see a number. Amen. He sees a person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think of the, the verse where Paul says, although I am in chains, the gospel is not in chains. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the, the phenomenon, the miracle is that Regardless of the church's response outside the prison walls, the gospel is not changed within the prison walls, and so the gospel is flourishing, the church is growing. And is this because people do get in, or prisoners get saved and start witnessing, or a combination? What is it? Yeah, I think it is a combination. We serve a big God, and mm -hmm. um, concrete walls and barbed wire fences can't keep him out. And uh, he's made known his affection, and he's set his affection on humanity. And so wherever there's a heart that cries out, he will respond. He's the great liberator. So we see the liberator uh, liberate men. It's at the heart of the message of the gospel. Yep. Look for Jesus made it very clear his intention, the culture, and the context of his kingdom. And he said, I've come to set free the prisoner. Matthew 25, the end of his life, essentially he says, I still love prisoners. Mm -hmm. And uh, thus, uh, the first person to inherit eternal life, as Jim likes to say, is... Yep. Is a prisoner. So when you you've been in uh, you've been in prison, mm -hmm. when did you find the freedom and liberty gives you the joy and the glow in your mm -hmm. countenance right now? That's not pretense. It's not trying to put on something. It's a revelation of something going on. When did this happen to you? What happened to you? Yeah, uh, uh, for me, I'm 17 years old. I'm from a small town in Iowa, uh, in my apartment complex, uh, in the midst of crisis, August 23rd, 1997. I said, God, if you're real. Reveal yourself and I give you my life. And uh, the next morning, a pastor knocked on my door and uh, talked to me about Jesus. Um, you know, Jeremiah 33, uh, 1, he says, if you call on me, I'll answer you. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so that began the journey. Uh, salvation's a moment. Transformation takes a lifetime. And so for me, um, really the growth um, and development, I think, of my own life in Christ, now this new life I have, mm -hmm. um, happened in the context of being in but prison. But you went through some real trials because that pastor actually said something to you, even though he shared the gospel. This is the yeah. tragic part of the gospel. You know, we don't just win people to Christ. We win them to a new life in Christ that requires a father's oversight through the family of faith and believers and the body of Christ revealing Christ. No substitute for it. He actually said a terrible thing to you after he pointed you to Christ. What did he, he say to you? You probably won't uh, feel comfortable in our church. Mm. But see, that, that just breaks my heart. It absolutely breaks my heart. And by the way, I made a real dumb statement one time. I said, God doesn't have a problem with races. He's colorblind. Mm. And God said, I'm not colorblind. That's right. I love color. I love a bouquet. I don't like plainness and sameness. I like diversity and distinctives. So he, he doesn't have an issue there. He doesn't have a tribal issue. He doesn't have a racial issue. He doesn't have a national issue. We the people have those issues. Get rid of them and become the family of God with a great father. Okay, you got in trouble. When did the process of growth go for you? Yeah, so I found myself in prison as a believer, um, but realizing I'm not in the greatest environment um, and so I spent the first two years really struggling and uh, as a believer in prison. Um, and my father, who happened to be in prison at the same time that I was in prison, um, introduced me to uh, a man who was giving leadership to a prison fellowship program. And so um, I was accepted into that program. And so for 18 months, I, uh, it was amazing. Um, I found a family of faith, a community of believers who loved Christ, who, um, as Jim likes to say, were all recovering um, from something and returning from somewhere. All of us. And, uh, all of us. Yeah, we all are. And so I like to say that in, in prison, I found brothers for the journey 
and fathers and mothers for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it was volunteers, men and women who looked like you, mm -hmm. who came to see some young black kid from the streets and um, what I heard was love and consistency. And so the color issue didn't matter um, because love speaks, speaks loud. And Glory overcomes all those divisions. It does. Exactly. Now, what do you do now? I have the privilege of You working. just glow? He <laughs> <laughs> does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, I uh, actually work for Prison Fellowship. I met Jim about two years ago. Yeah. And uh, through a series of conversations, um, he gave me the amazing privilege to be a part of the ministry that, that's, that's right. given so much to me and my You've family. you got it. You've got, what do you, Jim, tell us what you want to, uh, us to know about Prison Fellowship so we pray with you and we work with you as, as caring believers. Well, James and Betty, you're very accurate that um, the church is seemingly being pushed out of public square, but the reality in corrections is we have more opportunities now than we've ever had before. Is it a desperation that's allowed y'all to get in? Governors, not attorney generals, corrections people, wardens. Well, see, they have to be going against the tide, against the current, though. Well, you know, the, the Lord has a wonderful way of opening the doors. Hey, well, amen. We know that when the church inside of a prison is growing, Reportable incidents go down. Right. A violent incident in a prison costs $5,800. So a warden knows if the church is growing, prison's less violent, he saves money. Governors know that when people are in faith-based programs, they don't go back to prison as often. At the average of $40,000 an inmate per year, if they're not going back to prison, there are fewer victims, costs go down. So we see in this microcosm of life in America's prisons, Christianity is just the best way to do living. It's just the best way to do mm. business. And so we have this unprecedented open door at Prison Fellowship today right. with directors of corrections saying, can we pre please bring Jesus into the prisons? We're training wardens, mm -hmm. and the wardens are leading institutions uh, are at transforming individuals' lives and hearts. And then churches really are rising up and recognizing more and more, yes, we do need to receive that prisoner when they come home. We need to receive those children and that caregiver. And we would love any of your listeners, pastors and, and individuals, to join us in this journey because it's exciting. If they want to and maybe give them opportunities, too. Great. Right. They need that. They need, a, they need a new start. When I was pastoring, um, I had a relative that went to church, or went to prison, sorry. The same distance some days. But um, <laughs> I, uh, Similar spirits yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you know, kind of some days. And, uh, and really, I had to admit to my congregation that for about 18 years of the pastorate, I did not pay attention to the prisoner or the prisoner's family. And I had an empathetic moment of suddenly understanding that there was no difference between the individual behind the walls and myself. In the same way that Jesus advocated for me, for Quobatus, for you, for all of your listeners before the Father, we have the opportunity in the church to advocate for the prisoner. Yeah. When that happens, the church enlivens. The Spirit brings a new breath and a new fresh freshness to the church. We'd love to have your listeners partner with us in that. Well, if they want to know how they can, website that they could go to where you could, you could direct them. Prisonfellowship.org. Uh, there you'll find everything you need to volunteer in the prison, to volunteer, to find training as a church, as a mentor, to care for the children of the inmates. If you just go to prisonfellowship.org, we'd be glad to partner with you and help your ministry become that effective. All right, and then if they want to go to the prisons, would there be opportunity for the, you to learn when they could go, when they could go with someone who would help 
exactly. show them the rope, so to speak, how they can be better involved, how they could, say, be a consistent follow-up to what prison fellowship does when you go in, how they could stay there yep. in their community. And we work. have all that training available either online or we'd come to your church and do that training for you because we want local churches caring for local areas. Mm -hmm. So That's your correct. jail, your prison, so that you're building a relationship inside the walls. So mm -hmm. when those individuals come home, they come home to family right. and they come home to friends. Your zip code should not determine the sentence you get or the education you get or the opportunities you uh, have absolutely. in America. And I think the church needs to stand up together. Mm -hmm. This issue of criminal justice reform could be the thing that could help us find racial unity in and the church. And come together. Because it relates to all of us in every absolutely. community. And it benefits all of us to get it corrected. It really does. Father, would you, Lord, you are giving us a clear uh, foundation stone to stand on together. Yes, Lord. Well, these are just undeniable principles. The father principle, the need for it, and you are the ultimate father expressing yourself through your family. So God, bring us together to really impact this darkness with the glory of your light mm -hmm. and the illumination of the way. In Jesus' name, thank you both. Would you tell these men thank you for their availability to God? And their vision, and there is the uh, Prison Fellowship website again. Go there and find a way to set captives free. And I just thank God for what you're doing. Our, our viewers love helping people. That's why I know there'll be people connecting with trying to find out how they can help you. Awesome. But we don't do anything. I can pick up a clean, fresh drink of water. You, you may think this is strange, but every time I turn on a tap, I thank God. I just thank God for the advances we've made in this world. We don't have a challenge people created in the image of God can't meet. And we meet it with wisdom and love effectively. What we're doing right now that's as great a miracle to people who watch us as anything we do is we give people fresh water where they never had it and where they're dying because of contaminated water. I want you to listen to the heart of God expressed through one of our friends. And then I want you to be a vital part of a miracle, an undeniable Perfect cure, perfect answer, miracle. Watch. I think you're going to be very excited. Mm. This is absolutely um, horrible um, to think that this is his only source of water. Um, I watch child after child come in this little pool of water and dip their precious little cup and drink this water. It's horrific. My heart aches to know that they struggle every single day to survive, but they have nothing else that they can do. This is it. This is their only source of water. So if they don't even dip in to take a drink of this, they won't survive. water brings death, but we are on a mission to bring life and not just a quick fix, but something that will change this community for generations to come. We can change this for them. We could come in here with a drill. We could drill them a water well. Won't you partner with me today? Together, I believe 
that we can make a huge impact into this community. Together, we can make the difference. Father, I thank you for Tammy, and I thank you for the missionary relief workers and the ones who run the drilling rigs. Please, God, give us the resources to keep sharing life. In Jesus' name, I, uh, I'm asking you to partner. I believe with, with God in his heart, with the Lord Jesus. Give a cup of water in my name. Jesus said you won't lose your reward. I've said it many times. If you look for reward beyond the blessing you can be to others as reward enough, I think you'll always have a little bit of a, a distorted perspective. It's, it's more blessed to give than receive. So if we could give and give to give, not to get, but give to release the river of love and life, I think it's so enriching and fulfilling. Betty, when I see those precious people and children go into that filthy water and there's a pig right in the middle of it, you really don't want the pig to drink it. And yet the people are drinking, taking disease, and many of them dying, losing their children. But we have the perfect solution, and it's just to give them a clean water well. It is, James. And the thing that is so beautiful to me when you realize it, the gift that you give today is not just a short-term gift. It's a lasting gift because that water well is going to be there to continually give them clean water, to drink, to keep these precious children from ever getting sick from that old diseased water. Because I promise you, you give them a choice, they're going for the clean water. They're waiting for it. So let's please join together and let's do this. Let's drill those water wells so that they can have something they can have hope in and know that somebody is praying and caring about them. And you know, in, the, in the advanced countries like the United States and Canada and, you know, United Kingdom and Australia, many places, everyone have fun, want to feel good, have fun. <laughs> and we try every way to find it and so many people still remain empty. They just want to feel good. They just want a chance to live. And when you love them, and in love you give them a way to feel loved and better, they're going to listen to the greatest love story ever told. We give them water for life, and we introduce them to the water of life, and they're ready to hear it. That's why although we save millions of lives, we win even more millions to Christ in those outreaches. So would you please today go online, lifetoday.org, and take your bank card and use it like a check or just dial the number right there. Many people are calling for prayer because their hearts are broken. And that prayer number is prayed for by love, somebody like you. But today, would you dial the number or go online, take your bank card and say, I'm going to help drill a well. The wells cost $4,800. Could you give one? Many people say it's the greatest joy of the entire year to do it. And small businesses do it. Couples do it. Churches do it. But most of all, individuals do it. Could you? But wait a minute. Most of the wells are drilled by people making $48 gifts, and it's multiplied. $48, just to break it down, gives 10 people basically water the rest of their life. 144, 30 people. We have many friends who give 1,200 and then pray God, help three more join me. Or 2,400 and pray one joins. we got a well. At whatever level you can participate, do it, please. Lifetoday.org, take your mind, do it. I mean, you literally can release a well of water love expression right now today or you can dial the number would you do it we have some gifts for you a daily devotional that's going to bless you i know it will it is amazing it's, it's literally broken out seasonally where you can see the seasons of the year 
and every day, and it's a journal there where you read the Word, you get an inspirational devotion, and then you journal. We want to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. We have some beautiful names of Jesus pens that people have told us over and over, please send us those again. We want to share them with somebody else, and they become a great testimony every time we take them out. So we're sending them also the Thomas Kincaid of Forest Chapel to say thank you. Would you, would you make that gift now? Thank you so much for doing it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Everyday A New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in Scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. Well, you know, here's a little girl getting a drink. Betty just said, I can't help her. I can't help her do it. And the reason Betty says that is she knows she's seen the river where it comes from. We've seen the animals and the animal waste, and we know it's contaminated. Now, you're going to tell a thirsty child they can't have water. When their mother brought them the water, mom brought them this water. Mom had no idea she might be bringing this child disease or sickness. This is the kind of water they're drinking, the only water that they have to fill their thirst. But as they're filling their thirst, they're putting disease into their little bodies. We don't need that to happen. We can make a difference in that. If you'll just join with us and let's give these children some clean, safe water. Will you please go to the phone right now? We need to begin drilling these water wells to help these children. We must not delay. We need your help now. Please go to the phone. You know, it's such a blessing to be able to bless others. Just the blessing of blessing. And to be able to send you every day a new day devotionals, I'm telling you, I love the fact they're broken out seasonally. And, and what this is is an inspirational word and scripture passage and then a place for you to journal your thoughts. It won't take a lot of time, but it's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. The names of Jesus, pens that people tell us, get these away again. We want some more. We ran out of ink. Okay? <laughs> I tell you what, we'll keep you in the ink if we can just keep some kids and their families with clean water. Thank you for doing that. Join Betty and me in saying to Jim Liskey, Prison Fellowship in Clavatus, how much we appreciate you. Y'all are a blessing. We love you and appreciate you. God, thank you for Chuck Tolson. And his memory and testimony lives on. Thank you. Be a witness for Christ. Thanks for sharing life today.
be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. Next week, Fox News Channel host Gretchen Carlson shares how her accomplishments did not come easy. I needed faith to get through. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.